Can? Yo. We're live. Yo, what is Yo. <clears throat> So, this is Getcha Some Productions podcast, episode 44. <clears throat> um, double quattro. This is a podcast covering all things related to music production from the first note to the last fan. We create music, uh, we create constantly and attempt to inspire others to do the same. Every episode is a live business meeting. Every episode is a live business meeting between me and Dan as we attempt to build this media empire right before your very eyes and ears. So, like I said, my name is Keith. And my name is Daniel. And welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, You want to plug... The Reverb? Yeah, dude. First? Dude, Reverbs.com. We're affiliated with uh, Reverb.com. All right. If you all don't know what that is, um, it's just a great place to uh, online marketplace to get your music gear. Okay. And uh, it, what makes it great is that kind of like I have a database of all the shops around the country, uh, little shops, you know what I mean? So you go there, you get what you need, and um, they have some really cool stuff on there. And what's even great about that is if you click through our link, you know, we're an affiliate, um, and so no extra charge to you, but we get a small little commission for every link you're on there. So if you're listening to our podcast and you're also buying yourself some good guitar chord, maybe a whole guitar, maybe you're building an entire music studio, check out Reverb.com. It's even great for just, like, window shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely get on there and check it out. You know, um, it's just a better – I think it's a much more interesting shopping experience than um, – you know, some of the more obvious big, big brand. Mm-hmm. And you definitely get better, um, you know, uh, more eclectic stuff, you know. And anything that's just straightforward that you're looking for, obviously that's going to come up too. Um, but I, I have fun poking around on there. Um, Keith, have you, uh, you, you enjoy it too, right? You've been on Reverb. You, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, just, just browsing Reverb is one of my favorite pastimes. See, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, check out our link there. You know, it doesn't cost you anything um, extra to go through that, but um, they do uh, they do take notice when, when you go through there and do that. They do indeed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, well, let me add one thing. If you don't have a Reverb account uh, yet, if that is, if you haven't signed up with Reverb and you don't have an account with them, if you go through our link in the description, sign up for the first time. Buy nothing. We get a commission for that. So you don't even have to, if you don't have a, uh, an account with them yet, uh, you don't even have to buy something to help out the podcast. Um, today, right. we are back to the Get Your Sun Productions book club. We are reading Unlocking Creativity, A Producer's Guide to Making Music and Art by Michael Beinhorn. Um, this is a book we've been reading. Uh, we've read a few chapters. We're doing chapters two and three, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we didn't get to that yet. So today we're, we're going to dis- discuss briefly chapters two and three. Um, this is also something that we have an affiliate uh, uh, link for. We are affiliates to Amazon. So if you want to buy the book and read along with us, you can click the link in the description 
buy the book and read along with us. Um, I think the first chapter that we were, the first podcast we did with the book was chap, uh, ch- podcast number 36 or 38. 38 probably. Um, but by all means, read the book with us. So what we've been doing is just reading excerpts and talking about them. Uh, was there anything that you wanted to talk about uh, before we go through our usual spiel? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, uh, it's pretty straightforward, you know. Um, I think we should just get into the material Great. Uh, on these two chapters here. Yeah, I like I like chapter two is called Prep Work. Yeah. And I, this is kind of what I love about this dude is that he takes the prep work aspect of it so seriously that – and he, he outlines the process so explicitly that it's like if you're producing music – uh-huh. You can you can buy this book and basically create your own process or checklists to go through. That's right. And you can enhance your process so much. Um, I'll I'll read a um, I'll read an excerpt. All recordings need some degree of prep work. Uh, this is on page uh, twenty three. All recordings need some degree of prep work. This may be as simple as listening to the songs you'll be working on and getting to know them. Personally, I feel it means getting immersed in them to the point where they become part of my DNA. And yes, I'm aware that by saying this, I'm admitting that I develop a personal relationship with and thereby a proprietary attitude towards someone else's music. Uh For For better or for worse, that is how I work when I'm wearing my record producer hat. As a result, I must constantly be aware of when I'm being too proprietary, per- proprietary mm-hmm. towards someone else's music. I, this is like something that keeps coming up, and I, I find it really interesting, is that he keeps talking about being so, like, how a producer sometimes needs to step out of the way on the one hand yeah. and just, you know, help the artist and facilitate the artist's vision. But he goes, he says it so much that you can't, you also can't, you know, uh, I think that the primary thing for him is that he actually sort of makes himself part of the band in a way, <laughs> you know, he gets so well, he, into absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. He's part of the project. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the band, but then you're talking about, if we're talking in this context about producing an album. Right. Or uh, even just one song, maybe. Right. That is like, yeah, you're part of the project. You'd be like, uh, not like a midwife. You know, you're bir- helping birth it. You're part of the team for that process. You're not just sort of like there, turn on the lights. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, um, but but on that note, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Were you get, were you saving that up or did you just go? Up? <laughs> no, it just came out, bro. Okay. Um, uh, and to your point uh, about uh, feeling proprietary and having to dial and dial out, it's an organic process, you know. So he's always, always, you always have to be able to adjust, you know. Be aware of like maybe you know, potential pit, potential pitfalls, but you have to unleash your passions. And if that takes you too far, that's okay. You know, you just have to be able to say, hey, wait a minute, okay, I did that. Dial it back. 
you can't lock in one thing and like that's going to apply each time. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So, so I feel like that's an important point to always being able to be self-aware on one, on one hand. Um, mm-hmm. And realizing that every different group, every different project is going to require, you know, a different, different, uh, it's going to have different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Be flexible. Very true. Yeah. So, so um, you know, and also because we're trying to go through two chapters, I'm going yeah. to keep the pace kind of going quickly. Absolutely. Well, I'm more into chapter three anyway. Oh, okay. So, uh, to be honest. Okay. So, you know, let's, I'm going to do, I'm going to do another quote and there's something else I want yeah. to hit in chapter yeah. two. Um, so I read this and it sort of resonated with me. If you can detect that something in a piece of music doesn't feel right to you, sit with it and tr- try to develop a deeper understanding of what feels wrong. Okay. And the reason I highlighted that is because sometimes when I'm writing music and I detect there's something wrong with it, I actually don't know what's wrong with it. You know, I think it has to do with just the fact that it's an art piece of art and it's not easy to look at it and like a math mathematical equation and say like two plus two equals five and you can easily see what's wrong with it. Um, I think when it comes to music, whether it's like part of the melody, whether it's part of the, the lyrics, whether it's the chord progression, whether it's the rhythm, whether it's the instrumentation, orchestration, whether it's the performance, it's so it's so abstract and at times nebulous that it feels weird. And when he says, when if you can detect that something in, is doesn't feel right to you, and he says sit with it and try to develop a deeper understanding of what feels wrong, to me that's like one of those lines you can read and it's like, oh yeah, obviously. But on the one hand, but on the other hand, no, it's not, it's like, it's just one sentence, but it actually is like probably the big, one of the biggest things you can do mm-hmm. is just like stop yourself, slow down, and then sit with it, not until you figure it out, you know, and just, you know, kind of give yourself up to the process, knowing that it might take forever for you to figure it out, or it might take two minutes, or it might take an hour. You know, and you might, and you won't know. And I think it sort of acknowledges the fact that you don't, sometimes you don't know. <laughs> you don't often. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So do you have anything to say about that or should we keep moving? No, I think we should keep moving. I mean, that's a great point. Okay. Um, um, this is another, another thing that he writes is that he says, by combining your feeling for the artist's body of work yeah. and your personal aesthetics, you can establish a baseline for what you consider to be the best and worst ideas she has presented. I just thought that was interesting because as a producer, and let's say you're working with an artist, you're looking, you're, you take in all this information, you figure out what the artist is capable of, and then you have to actually make sort of an explicit assessment of what's the best and worst thing this person has done and then you have to have like a realistic assessment that says, okay, this is the best they did. Mm-hmm. It might not be as good as Prince, but it's as good as, you know, four non-blondes or something. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to sort of like put them in a category and figure out like how good are they? And then can we elevate the rest of their stuff to be that level? You know, it's like realism, just adding a, an element of realism. 
Um, so in chapter two, the only thing, the other thing that I really wanted to highlight was the list of questions on page 27, 28, and 29. Okay. I don't want to go through them all, but I do want to just mention them because I think they're super cool and important. Because um, he says on page 27, I will sometimes ask the artist to write a paragraph on why he wants to do creative work. So I'm like, that cracked me up in a, in a way, actually, because it was like before even doing, like imagine you're working with a producer and they say, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, I heard your music. Um, I'm looking forward to working with you guys. The first thing I want you to do is write an essay on why you want to do creative work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then he goes through these lists of questions that's sort of like an intake questionnaire. And yep. these are things that you could not just be a producer and ask the artist, but yep. you could ask yourself or band members can be, can assist each other and ask each other those questions to facilitate some kind of, um, you know, deeper understanding. Yeah. You know? Yes. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, that's an interesting point. You know, I, I didn't really take note of that, that part of the chapter as much, but now that I'm thinking about it, the, um, the, not, the, it serves a couple of purposes, you know, having that written down. Like, first of all, you get the information from them, but, like, hopefully you've been talking to them anyway. But you'd also see, like, how they respond to, like, the writing process. Like, will they, will they produce this paragraph quickly? Or, you know, like, how do they work, you know? And um, mm -hmm. on top of that, um, you might find out, oh, wow, they're really good at writing. Or, like, wow, it's real difficult for them to, to do this. But also, like, therapy, you know what I mean? Like, you're putting them in sort of that process of maybe thinking about things, putting things in words that maybe they just sort of hadn't really thought about saying out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and it could, you know, help the artist. Um, not get on the same page as you, but like get on their own page, you know, like, wow. Oh, I, I didn't actually just write that down. Like I want to be famous. Like I wrote it down, you know, <laughs> like, what does that look like on the page now? Whoa. Oh, okay. You know, I didn't realize that, you know? Uh, so, uh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. That's, it's funny that you bring up therapy. Yes. Because the list of questions on 27 and 28 that he asks the artist. Yeah. If you were to ask these questions to yourself, or or your bandmate, the bandmates were going to ask each other, or or your writing partner, or whatever the case may be, it's almost like these are like conversation starters. Yeah. That could model a therapeutic environment, and so like like almost like um like a like like a couples therapy. You know, I mean, no, yeah, no lie. Each one of these questions could be an entire podcast, an entire conversation. Just one of them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they're they're really powerful questions, and if yeah. you want to read them, buy the book. Absolutely. <laughs> this, book, this book is really impressing me, to be honest. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. And uh, oh, let's jump into let's jump into um, chapter, chapter three. three. So the ties right in. And um, look, my my biggest takeaway or or not my biggest takeaway, but like what really struck me was um, taking this chapter out of 
context, well, let me say this chapter is a list, a lot of uh, goals and lists here about the work. Okay. And it has a lot to do with like song analysis, song, um, music appreciation, all that. Um, that mm-hmm. this chapter is actually an incredibly useful thing for a lot of these questions to, for the artist or for anyone who's just creating something um, and working on a material, not even necessarily in the context of, of producing an album. Like these questions, um, this is just an amazing work list. Like I, I like want to like use this chapter as like a go-to when, when composing, when working on material with the band. Mm. Um, it, everything is covered. It's exhaustive. I mean, it's too much to go over. In a, in it's a exhaustive. Yeah. Um, but one that really struck me as interesting and a little like on the left field that I like. And, and, and so this was the one that, that popped out to me was assemble all the artist's song demos, even those of songs that she has no intention of recording. Because I never know if the artist has a diamond in the rough lying around or discarded. And I can't rely on the artist to be objective about this. Um, mm-hmm. The reason that, sh- that struck me was I've, I love like outtakes and like rough sketches. I feel like they provide a real insight um, and, and potential goldmine um, mm-hmm. of material. I, I just thought that was really, really interesting way to uh, sort of like get background on an artist you know, creativity and, and technique and sound, the demos, like the just unused stuff. Um, I don't know why, but I'm a big fan of outtakes and, and all that stuff. I, I agree. I actually, I, I'll, I'll echo what you said in that saying that like the chapter itself, so chapter two is called prep work. Yeah. Chapter three is called preliminary pre-production. Mm-hmm. So he does so much pre pre-recording work that he has to do prep work then he does preliminary pre-recording then he does pre-recording and and you went and said that the, just the chapter three preliminary pre-production mm-hmm. was so exhaustive <laughs> that it's like yeah it just gives you it, it sort of it it really drives the point home that the guy has such an exhaustive like thorough way of working with artists and of sussing out all these things and like drawing creativity out of them and drawing the best performances and ensuring that the work environment is good and all this stuff that he does, it all happens before the recording process, it seems. So, um, and I agree with you. I like the chapter is like, I want, you know, I want people to, to buy the book and just like, take this and steal these questions and steal these bullet points and make them their own. But, you know, uh, but, but use them because they're great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. No, I was going to say like uh, some, just reading the questions is making me like, (laughs) is making me self-reflective on this stuff. So um, a lot of these questions, I feel like would be good in the creative process, not just for a producer, but for the artist. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like this has a universality to it. Um, 
Yeah, I agree with that. So, and and like like you did, I actually highlighted. I didn't like like you said. There are many sections in this chapter, and uh-huh. each section is a list, either a bullet pointed list of things to keep in mind, or yeah. a checklist, or a list of questions to ask yourself as you're writing. Mm-hmm. And there's all these different headings, chapter, um, I guess, section headings. Yeah. And it's just too much to talk about on one podcast. However, the only thing within the within that section that I highlighted was that exact uh, paragraph that you highlighted as well. <laughs> just because I thought that was really cool that he said, you know, well, I thought that it was really revealing that he said, you can't rely on the artist to be objective about their own work. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that also uh, reinforces the point that a producer is so important because it's like a, you know, an impartial third party. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, but um, what I wanted to say was just the fact that since chapter three is called preliminary pre-production, I just wanted to give you, like, I wanted to say out loud for the audience what his definition is. It's the first chat. It's the first sentence of chapter three. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he says, preliminary pre-production is the phase of a project when the artist and I begin to develop our relationship and establish the foundation of our creative collaboration. And so it's not even like it's really so it's important to keep in mind that it's actually preliminary pre-production, even though it's it's a form of pre-production. So it's like steps of things to do before you're recording an album or a song or whatever. But it's about the relationship and it's about forming the foundation of the creative collaboration. Mm-hmm. Which is why, you know, in retrospect, now that I'm saying this out loud, which is why so much of this chapter is just lists of questions to ask each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. like, it's all dialogue. It's all based on dialogue. So it's kind of fascinating. Um, it's, yeah, you, it's interesting that you mentioned the dialogue because I'm literally thinking of like discussing some of these questions like with my band. Um, as, absolutely. As we're working. As we're working like, <clears throat> this is, I mean, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that a band that starts with this as a foundation mm-hmm. could, you know, be, um, could set themselves up for uh, a much more, I don't even necessarily want to say productive, but I, but I want to say like a more efficient collaborative process, you know, or maybe not even efficient, but a more effective. Yeah. Purposeful or or purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the only thing, so what I really wanted to do is actually just, read some of the 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 um the bullet the not not the um the the headings for each of the lists uh-huh. just to outline um like the things that he goes through in this chapter it starts on page 32 but he says there are goals to be achieved during pre preliminary pre-production and then the, yeah. the list of 12 things yeah so he gives a list here's what you need to achieve then he goes through all the stuff that he thinks about when he's 
analyzing the artist's work. And he has a list of questions for song analysis. Yep. So this is like when you're, even when you're writing your own song, you could ask yourself, every song you write, you could ask yourself this list of like 10 questions. Like, is it, does it feel good? What's the mood? Yeah. All this blah, blah, blah. You know, there's like all these questions. Song structure, a list of questions to ask yourself about song structure. Uh-huh. Song orchestration, a list of questions to ask yourself about song orchestration to help you get to a better orchestration. The vocals, there's a list of questions there. Yep. Then there's dialogue. Then he gives a then he gives a um, hypothetical dialogue. Several actually. Which I find hysterical, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that he <laughs> has like, uh, you know, I think when I read these dialogues that he that he puts in here, yeah. they are hypothetical dialogues. But but it seems like they seems like they're not hypothetical. It seems like they're sort of taken from real life. But he's changed. Oh, the names. you know they are. You know they. Yeah. Are. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're, but he selected them because they highlight something that he thinks is of particular importance. Okay. But I do like that he he gives, you know, buried in these dialogues is really helpful verbiage to steal from him when you're talking to your bandmates, you know, about, you know, you know, like about, whether a song's not good or whether a song needs to be adjusted or cut apart or maybe the lyrics are not right or something. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just like, these are things that, I don't know, this is like a master class, you know? It's a master class in collaboration in a way. Um, there were, I only had one other thing underlined for this chapter. Did you have anything else, like closing thoughts, before I do that? No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. So the only, the last thing I highlighted, it was inside of one of these dialogues on page 39. And he's talking with this guy about the song that um, is not part of, he's having a dialogue with the songwriter about how the song that he wrote wasn't, was like, not um was it just uh, you know it was more of the same and he was trying to get him to break out of a creative rut it seems of some sort and he says well he says well what motivates you what moves and inspires you why are you doing this what's a good song to you yeah and i only highlighted that because i feel like a lot of times for myself when i'm trying to write a song I actually don't know what motivates me, mm-hmm. but it would be nice to have to know so that when I need to be motivated, I can just sort of like flip the switch. Not that that's, that that's possible, um, but what moves and inspires you? It's like, I feel like everyone, I feel like people, especially artists need to have like a, um, like a bag of tricks or a toolbox of motivational and or inspiring things that they can pull from to keep the creative juices flowing. You know, and that's what made that's what it made me think of when I read that. Because he asks the songwriter the question and I put myself in that position and I just thought, I don't even know. <laughs> you know <laughs> So but you know that's what this book is good for. It 
it yeah. gets you thinking about stuff like that. Yeah. This might be my favorite chapter so far. Me too. I mean, I like lists. <laughs> I know you do. So there you go. I know you do. So so we're coming up on time. The next chapter okay. is pre-production. Yeah. Um, we can try to keep doing – this one looks short. We can try to keep doing two chapters at a time. Because um, I do – I was actually thinking what we could do is get through the book. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to go through and just pick one quote from each chapter. Okay. And we would do like at the end when we're finally done with the whole book, we could do a Zoom like YouTube video. Right. Just recapping the whole thing and make it like a long form one. But I think it would be good to have, I think doing a video of each chapter is way too much. But I think it would be nice to have like one big summary sort of experience and like congratulatory experience of for having read the whole thing. Um, but also because it's good to have the YouTube up there for people who want to find it and um, to, you know, potentially inspire more play it sales. <laughs> you know, there we go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So any, any closing thoughts for you? Uh, uh, no, uh, other than um, I'm of two minds about doing two chapters. I feel like, uh, my part of me wants to get through the book, you know, quickly. So I'm going to be getting a lot out of this book, but I feel like it may be taking too long. So I was like, let's do two chapters, but then I feel like we don't really dig in. We just do two chapters at once. So um, I'm not entirely sure the best way to do it. Fine. Like, um, so let's just leave that as an open thing that we'll, we will um, we will discuss more. Okay. And, uh, when we start our next podcast, we'll uh, we'll reveal what we have decided we're doing um, to <laughs> our to our wonderful listeners. Is Indeed. that all right? Is that yeah. No, I think that no. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just always kind of figuring out what we're doing, so it doesn't really make much of a difference to me. All right. Great. Um, and so, I'll, but I will close with: if anybody who wants to read the book, don't forget you. If you want to buy the book, uh, if we've inspired you to buy it please go click the link in the description um, and that'll help us out. We'll get yeah. a small commission if you buy it through that uh, affiliate link and go. And if you're buying anything on reverb.com, please once again, also um, go to reverb.com through our link in the description. Uh, and that will also help us out. And if you don't, no worries. Um, thank you. Uh, leave a like and a subscribe and go and make some music. Go make Please. some music. Word up. All right. Till the next time, brother. See ya. Cool, dude. Bye. Later.